Blog Talk Radio. would like to listen to the show, here's how. Chime in and give Jay Ray a call at 818-532-9769. Give Jay Ray a call right now, 818-532-9762. And tonight, I am proud to say that we got a big, big, huge, huge guest, eight-time Kumite champion, Grandmaster Irving Soto. So without further ado, let's bring him on air. Hello, Grandmaster Soto, is this you? Yes, I'm I'm on the line. How are you doing, Uh, my brother? I, I am friends. Thank you for having me on the radio. It's an honor to be there, Justin, tonight. Uh, to the, to the uh, listeners and the, you know, your radio show. Thank you again for having me tonight here. Thank you because it is such an honor, you know, to to have someone like you on my show. It's it's a great honor. Um, um, let's see. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with um some of your books that you've written? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, uh, yes, I'm available on the market at Barnes & Nobles. I have uh, Poison Hand Technique. That book comprises of basically uh, techniques that I teach my students throughout the country. And uh, the reason why, uh, let's talk about a little bit of the, the Atemi system and Aki Jiu-Jitsu. And Jiu-Jitsu, as you know, Atemi is a training of fundamentals of uh, pressure points, wrist locks, and do command, takedowns, and so forth. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is gentle art. And the reason why I, I mastermind the Jiu-Jitsu and Atemi and Jitsu is because it's a scientific martial arts form. And when I was a young kid growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in Brooklyn, it was real bad. As you, I'm pretty sure you've seen the, the movies uh, pretty basic uh, with the gangs of Brooklyn. It was just like that when I was growing up in the, in the early uh, 1950, uh, 57, 58, 59, I was a baby. And when I when I became in the 60s, it was still really bad because you had Latinos, you had African Americans. I'm not just labeling people, and I hope people don't get mad when I say this. But it was a rainbow coalition. It was different uh, ethnicity, and plus there was a lot of racial indifference and equality. Now, I don't make a show of uh, uh, racial discrimination, but basically it was just like that, you know. Uh, uh-huh. and so when I was they had knife fights, bats, uh, I mean gunshots. So I said, how am I going to be able to fight these guys, you know? So, uh, as, and through my time in history, I started training with uh, uh, 
And then my first teachers were basically a, a Kashiyoshi, a Japanese man that had a laundry mat and, and, and Powell Street. And Powell Street was a nice neighborhood and it still had brownstone areas, but it was still, it was still um, a rough uh, environment. Yeah, that's where they shot the Goodfellas, the movie The Goodfellas. So as I grew up, I said, man, I'm still nervous. I wasn't sure of myself. I was learning jiu-jitsu, pre-hand Japanese jiu-jitsu, and I still was unsure of myself. Uh, so as the years went by, you know, at the age, the Temi to me is, is a different art form. Now, not to get away from mm-hmm. the subject matter, I'm going to stick to my books right now, and uh, this is what I teach. I teach Temi, Aki, Jiu-Jitsu, and Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, like I said, the string, the mentals of uh, wrist lock, takedowns, Sudoku man techniques, uh, really, really scientific, and, and it really works. I'm pretty sure if some of the viewers go to YouTube, uh, Facebook, you may catch some of my videos. Um, definitely. I've seen a lot of your videos. So. But I hope I hope you enjoy them. Really. It's a, it's a lot of hard work because uh, my students actually I don't really uh, practice with a lot of people because you know people like to sue you. So and what I do is really extreme. That's why I call it extreme attending hockey jujitsu or jujitsu. Uh, it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we yeah. deal with couple just bone breakings and stuff like that. Uh, tweet the hand devices comprising of takedowns, blows, and so forth. And that's from my books, Atemi Poison Hand, Atemi the Forgotten Art, uh, and uh, Atemi uh, Cobra Jiu-Jitsu. And the reason why I call it Cobra because there is an art where Jiu-Jitsu is the same thing, and you work the hands and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's that's a fantastic and I got a new book coming out anyway. I have, I do have a uh, new book, a technique book, uh, and I hope the public will like it when I release it this year sometime. You know, I don't want to go into the title because we're still uh, working on the title, and so, but uh, I do have a new book coming out, so I hope people will like that. Well, well, when your book comes out, Grandmaster said, I maybe I can have you back on the show and I can help you promote your new book. Oh, I appreciate that, Justin. Thank you. So, anything that I can do to help, um, I'm glad to help. And um, uh, you also are an eight-time World Kumite champion, correct? That's correct. That's correct. And uh, as you know, Frank is one of my friends. We were not, we were hardly other friends, actually. Uh, you know, I know that when Frank, uh, I guess uh, he did a movie called Blessboard, uh, I was really bothered by it because, you know, and I told him this, and he, it's nothing that I'm hiding. Uh, Frank is a fantastic individual and a fantastic martial artist. Let's put that up out there. I have nothing against Frank, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I felt kind of left out uh, uh, because the movies was based, I was there two years before Frank was there. I know they had different tiers, but I was fighting there in the Japanese circuits and in, in the Chinese circuit, you know, and I was winning those tournaments. They were not really tournaments. They were actually uh, not, I, I wouldn't say a back, backstreet ball. They were actually, you had to be invited. And you had to be invited by a letter or you had to be invited by some organization. And 95% of mm-hmm. the things, when I fought, I fought in, China, in Hong Kong. I fought in mm-hmm. Japan, New Zealand, Australia. We fought all over the country, you know. And uh, uh, I was there before Frank, two years before then, Frank. You know, was there. He won it as well. You know, I I know he did because I observed him at one time. Like he observed me fighting. You know what I'm saying? And we were the best. Mm-hmm. Probably with 
what we probably would have fought if, 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 uh, for whatever reason, in, in the seventies, you know, uh, I wanted to fight. I used to bother him anyway, you know. And some of his fights, he'll come to see my fights, and I'll still see his fights. And so I would bother him to see if I could fight, you know, fight him. And because mm-hmm. I was already champion, but he was a champion himself. But I wanted to unify those those. They didn't have belts. Today we gotten no idea. We had gotten the swords. We have gotten the um, you know uh, ribbons, trof- like not trophies. There was you know stuff like that that we fought out of honor for our shidoshi or our grandmaster or our henshi or you know our teachers. That's what we did it for, you know. But I was a champion. Consecutively, I took high all years uh, due to the fact that due to the fact that uh, it did. You know, I wasn't living in the past tense. So when I did something mm-hmm. in the '70s, I, I fought a lot of people. I mean, a lot of competitors during my time in my career. You know, I mean, uh, I'm not a kid as I, I, people may think I am. You know, I mean, I've been around uh, the block and uh, and fought a lot of people. I mean. Those tournaments, you probably fought in one night, just like a regular tournament. You fight eight or six, seven, eight, nine guys, and then go for that particular winning the, the champ, the, the, not the championship, but the, the tournament that day, and then continue on to the next level, next tier. That's what we call them tiers. Uh, sometimes so it was like circle, circle. So it was like circle to circle to circle. And That's correct. That's yeah, correct. and uh, a lot of people. Um, Bet lots of money on these fights too. I understand. So yes, they did. They did, and that's. I felt kind of bad, you know. Really, at one time it was funny. Like I shared. This, I shared this one thing. I think I, many many years ago, I you know I was a young man, uh, you know, foolish. I just wanted to learn martial arts. Like I tell you, I grew up at bad nights in a bad neighborhood, and you want to learn how to fight. And wish, I wanted to test my skills. I mean, I was young, vibrant. Uh, I just wanted to test my skills. Uh, you know, I trained hard, six hours a day, sometimes ten hours a day, you know, dangling from the tree, doing my stretch, my my sparring, my, my movement. Uh, and I wanted to be, I wanted to show people that I, you know, at the time, martial arts was unheard of. You, you talk, start talking in the 70s, you probably had Chuck Norris, you probably had uh, Joe Lewis, Cupcake Wallace, a whole bunch of these guys that were doing the, the mainstream circuit, but I wanted to venture out. I was in Chinatown, New York City, from Chinatown, you know, to Japan, living there, coming back, you know, forth, you know what I mean, to be able to to um, be really good. I studied with different groups, of, you know, martial artists. Jiu-Jitsu was my main thing, and that went ahead of myself with the books, but that was one of the first questions you imposed on me in reference to, you know, I trained with... Uh, group of African-Americans in, in New York City, which was the, uh, at the time, they used to call him Washaru Jiu-Jitsu, you know what I mean, with Rudy Jones, uh, Sensei Saigon, from Sensei Saigon to uh, uh, Charlie Sparrow, which was my main teacher, you know. Uh, then from there, you know, uh, in St. John Center, so I also trained with Dr. Powell, I'm pretty sure you heard of him. A bunch of other guys, uh, Ronald Duncan, Danny McGee. A whole bunch of guys that were my friends, and, and I love them. I really appreciate what they've done for me in those days. Uh, I wanted to venture my career, and at that time, karate was really pretty big. Karate was hitting the mainstream, just like MMA today is hitting the mainstream. You know, mixed martial arts, which I've been doing for a lot of years, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And it was big. So during that time, but still, people were not familiarized. That's why I, I believe that's what it was. Chuck and all those guys got together in L.A., and 
started putting these hit boxes to educate the public, you know what I mean? Um, later on, I went title belt and, and, and kickboxing myself, and, uh, and that, you, you do fight all the stuff, you, you know. But, like I said, it was my mainstream to go to the best of the best in the world, you know what I mean? And I heard, and, and as I continue, I was running into this one big guy. He was pretty big. You know, Frank was young in those days. He was skinnier. You know, he didn't have mm -hmm. the... the problem he has today, you know, and so, like I said, I wanted to fight him, uh, and it probably would have been a good fight. I think uh, Pompa Pano was super fast. He was fast, too, and uh, I think he would have made a good fight, you know. I've, many times, you know, he's my friend now, and of course, if I talk to him about fighting with his tumors and all that stuff, I, I don't blame him, you know what I mean? So now I just leave it alone. It's a thing of the past for me. So that's why I never brought it out, but I was really angry. I started talking about, I was really angry about the, uh, the fact that I was left out, and, no, and there was other guys. Uh, we never used our real names. A lot of things, uh, times, you know, when I fought, I didn't care. Uh, it was a bulldog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I wanted to kick somebody, and I, <laughs> if I wanted to win. You yeah. Know, <laughs> that, yeah. You yeah. Know, I want to say, and I left it out. But you want to see, you want to be vicious. You want to be really vicious in reference to, you know, uh, what you do. Because if you're not vicious, you, you have no, 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 if you see a MMA, you have no reason being inside it if, you, if you're vicious, you know what I mean? Because you're going to get hit. You're going to take a punch and you're going to get hit too. So you just don't walk out of it being a pretty boy, you know, uh, at the end of the night. You're still going to fight. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tournament full bare knuckles. Uh, you don't wear no kick pads or nothing like that. You go in as is and you leave as is if you stand. If you're standing at the end of the night and you're going to have bruises. And sometimes I used to go home and when I flew in from these places, uh, if I went home, I took three weeks in bed because that's how bad it was. I mean, I won the fight, but uh, when you fight six or seven guys, your body's got to be super in top shape. That's why I mentioned that I trained six days. I, I have a call that I like to add. I have a one. Uh, Grandmaster, if you allow him to come in, his name is Grandmaster Smith. Uh, if you allow him to come into the conversation, you know, uh, I'll put absolutely. him on the phone. Is that okay? Absolutely. Um, let's see if I can get him on. Hello, are you there? No, he's not there. He's uh, he left. But uh, like I said, anyway, going back to what I was saying, uh, martial arts to me is my life. I'm, right now, today, to this day. Like last night, I was in New York City. I received the Hall of Fame again. I've been inducted 15 times to the Hall of Fame, uh, Grandmaster and Banks, and other organizations throughout the country. And I was honored to see Joe Franklin. I don't know if you probably tell the young if you remember Joe Franklin, but he was at the time in TV when, when uh, in the 70s, 60s, and he remembers when I was a champion. It was nice to see him. And I got a video, which I'll be putting up on YouTube. Maybe you'll see that too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's to me. It was a it was a rough and 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 I'm gonna tell you it's, it's sometimes I get a little nervous because when you went into these organizations like you said they were betting they would tie you you have to be they would um, blindfold you and then take you some into this place that you you know I sometimes they bother me I don't know what wow to the fifth mano mano you know yeah. I was curious, uh, have you ever thought about doing a movie about your life and about your fights and stuff? Oh, I would like to. I would, oh, Jesus. It would, you know, it would it, it would be a it would be a dream of mine to release a, a story 
a true story, not some fiction story. I know there's a lot yeah. of skeptic, I know there's a lot of skeptic people out there who don't know. Um, and like I say, I put, I put, before I go ask that question, let me just say this, Justin. If you know there's a lot of tournaments out there that kids fight these days and they win a tournament, and then a year later nobody knows what did you fight other than you guys' memories and uh, a trophy. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You're not really a So a lot of times people pose the question, so how, you know, you Frank Dukes or he's lying or this and that or, you know, gonna... no, you're not lying. It's just you have to walk off footsteps. People have to understand when you release a story like that, like there's heroes out there that don't want to talk about it, you know? I didn't want to talk about it. Make a, you know, it was something I did when I was a, a young uh, buck, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to uh, prove myself in the martial arts. I wanted to be the best because to my heroes, those individuals that taught me martial arts and were nice to me to teach me because I was a poor guy growing up in Brooklyn, took out their time and their heart to teach me. I wanted to represent them and become one of the finest uh, masters in, you know, in the country because that's when somebody passes the torch or somebody passes the, the martial arts to another individual, you know, you practice mm-hmm. to be good and you want to test your skills. And I'm pretty sure every of those gentlemen that get in MMA or get in some, get into these kickboxing tournaments, get into the tournaments, the basic point tournaments and stuff like that, they just want to prove themselves. And it's sad because America, they got a lot of bullies on the Internet. I am so against that. I, you know, I am law enforcement. I, 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 you know, they have a task force, and I know looking into that stuff, you know, these bullies that sit around and and, and trash people and make people commit suicide. I, I, don't, I don't appreciate them. These people should be in jail. I just want to say that. One of them. So, um, yeah, I, I completely understand. And, uh, just so the public knows, and this is all I'm going to say, I know that Kumite is, is real because um, I've seen enough proof to know that it's real, and I don't even need to see the proof. I mean, I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to Hunchy Frank Dukes, and I've never doubted Kumite and what you guys have done. And if it wasn't for you guys, you know, it's hard telling where martial arts would be today. So. Uh, coming from you, it's, it's, it's a good. It's a, it, and I appreciate you putting this video uh, show out uh, so that the public can be educated in reference to what true martial arts is like. True martial arts is serious undertaking. I spent half a lifetime, actually, my whole life into the martial arts, and it's still there's a way of life for me now. Uh, I'm not a bully. I'm not showing off. When I put my videos, my students ask me and, and beg me, please put your stuff out there. So I put it out there for them. Um, to me, I, I, I represent uh, the kids that were in the neighborhood that were poor and so forth. So to me, that's a, a good thing because I want to be a hero for those kids, not for the bullies. I want to be a hero for people that uh, have an inspiration or aspiration. You know, it's a lot of things that go around the world. It's starving people. It's starving uh, people that, uh, you know, and I know that's not from the same thing for the talk kids, but... I'm saying this in reference to all the stuff that goes in life, you know, today. So I devote my time to teaching these guys that don't have to like that, you know. So it's just yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Exactly. That's what makes me mad about like um the UFC because um they 
they like to fight and everything, but they they pick on people and they, you know, bully people and they think they can just get in there and fight and make money. And that's all there is to it. And I tell you one thing, Master Soto, um, you can be a fighter, but it takes a lot to be a warrior. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think what it is, Justin, I don't think it's all the guys from the UFC. I, I think I met some of the guys in the UFC, and some of the guys are pretty nice people. I think it's just some, you may have one or three or four people that get out, and they, they want to pick on people, and uh, uh, for whatever reason it is. You know, I don't know what's the reason that people get out there and, and, and do... Yeah, know, I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying yeah. I would like to, like, um... A little bit um, like older tradition brought back to the martial arts. Right. Well, a lot of them have different moves from guys like me. You know, I have a couple of guys that come up and I train them and and they get out there and fight the MMA circuit, you know, and and get out there and do certain things. And and I I explain to educate them. I mean, I took time to learn traditional martial arts and traditional martial arts within itself. And that's what made me today a grandmaster. It took me years to become a grandmaster. I just didn't give myself a belt grandmaster. I had teachers uh, that rewarded me after X amount of years of training and organizations that rewarded me that too. You know, the belts that I've gotten, I've gotten those from the organizations, from the world championships. And everybody has their own, like, they have their own championship, you know, all around the world they have. And I'm not just going to pick on one subject. Kickboxing has their own tournament. they and we had our own tournament. Well, the organizations that, that do these things had their own tournament. Today, we're talking about close to almost 30 years, 40 years, you know, that these things took place many years ago, 20, 30 years, you know I mean? Uh, I was honored to be part of the that generation where it was just over him, maybe like three or four of us. I was Amer- I'm an American. I'm proud of, to to teach military soldiers around the country, to teach law enforcement in the country. That's what I do right now. I'm proud to be part of that. I was proud to be I was proud of, to be part of Duration Freedom during nine eleven when the when there was a chaos in America. You know, America was a very uh shocking place. I think people are all patriotic. But after the fact now people so not everybody, but some people have forgotten what our soldiers have gone through to defend our honor. Whether regardless of what their opinion is, still you had our men, brothers and sisters. So I was grateful to go out and help them teach, teach the, the troops and get out there and do something for my country. And and I was I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that to to have been able to participate besides the martial arts. And I was able to teach them what I've learned throughout the years. That made me feel good because I was helping somebody survive out there. Yeah. Wow, it's like uh, 9/11 when that happened. I turned 16. That's actually my birthday, 9/11, and uh, it's it's hard to believe it's been, you know, all, you know, it's already you know gone so fast. But I was 16 at the time when the towers were attacked. And everything. Yeah, it's almost absolutely. It's been almost 13 years, and uh, honestly, or 12, 12 years. I, 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 and well. Like I said, it's the same thing in life. You know, you got the problems with racial equality, the problem with a lot of stuff going on, the problem with people, and this was, but America is one of the best countries in the world. I'm an American, I'm proud to say that, and 
I am. This is where I was born. I was raised. I, I didn't come here. No disrespect to all my brothers and sisters that come here and want to have the dream now. We all are immigrants in some sense of the way. But, you know, in life, you know, I'm just proud that this is my country. You know, I'm proud to defend it anytime, any place. And I still give my, every night when I put on my police uniform for my, and I'm out there, I'm defending the honor of my people. You know, I'm protecting and serving. So besides doing, teaching kids in the community center, teaching kids in school to defend themselves, to be able to go and become educated, to be able to become um, good people in, in, in society, that is my goal. You know, I'm not interested in who says what, who says what. Like I said, buddies mm -hmm. bullies, and eventually what goes around comes around. Sometimes people do mean things, and there's a greater source than us in this world. You know what I mean? And it comes right back to bite them. Mm -hmm. That's Me. what I've always said. If you do negative, it comes back on you four times fold. Yes, sir. And so I let, I let live and I be live. I said if you want to experience the, the essence of life, then you must give back the essence of life. You must allow the same privilege to others so that you can survive, so that you can be uh, unique at what you do. Instead of worrying about who's doing what and who's saying what, that's their life. Worry about your life. You know what I'm saying? That's what I tell people. Uh, you know, become the best you can be. Just like the Marine Corps say, be, be the best you can be. You know, or the Marines. Be strive to achieve loyalty, integrity, honesty, and all this other stuff. Let me see if I can put this guy on. It's good. You're in the air? Professor Soto. I'm in the air with, in the, in the radio station with uh, Justin. Uh, oh, okay. Hey, this is Dr. Smith. And Justin. Hi. And how you do? How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, sir. How are you doing? Uh, doing pretty good today. We were talking. Pretty good. Okay. Oh. Okay. Uh, we were talking. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to hear you right now. I got I'm getting in a uh, bad area. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I was telling Justin uh, about the life, how life you should be. You know, to me, life is a, is a, it's a simplistic thing, but it's also a thing that I have to accept because it's the only one I have. And I don't talk negative about anyone. I, I get out there and perform. My, when they get in the, and when they get in the mat with me, Justin, they better come ready. That's what I say because I'm ready. I train every day, you know? So to me... To me, it's an honor to be in your radio station and talk about the committee. It's committed to me and uh, stuff like that. I'm also an Iron Palm Grandmaster, and Dr. Smith is an Iron Palm Grandmaster. Doc, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. What about uh, Justin? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. And, and what do you think about what I just said, Justin? I mean, you, you know, uh, you're asking the question, so I want to make sure I keep it simple and, and kind of understanding for the public, you know, because it's on the radio, I, you know? I, I think it's fantastic, you, you know. Um, I wonder, though, do you think that uh, one day the Kumite will be available to the public someday? I, I think what it was, when I, when I told you, when we did it, 
I was lucky. <laughs> I mean, I, I went to, a, I was 16, I think I was 16 years old when I first went to overseas. And and this, this Japanese man was Akani Benkum to bring me to Japan. The first time I ever been, he asked permission from my parents. And, and you know, I went over there and competed in coppers when I was a kid. And I was so fascinated with what these people could do and the tradition and the history and the lineage with these people, just like Americans got lineage and history. They were into the martial arts. America was still young and vibrant. Um, then later on, you know, I was, when I got a little older, I started fighting these tournaments, and lo and behold, there were the commitments. Uh, I think they will, I guess I think they can well, come, but America has restrictions. America has restrictions. Mm -hmm. America has the, uh, uh, the Amsterdam, let it leave, and a whole bunch of stuff, just like the government boxing. So in different countries, different sanctions, different rules, different, different, um, different, how do you say, different uh, mentality. You know, uh, it was very barbarism, and I don't think they would accept that here, you know, the way we did it. Now, can it be brought back? I know that uh, Frank and myself wanted to bring it back, but it would have to be, just like MMA, it have to be controlled. It wouldn't have, it couldn't be a real committee like the ones we fought because that was basically brutal. People would leave out of there, I mean, in stretches, you know. I mean, I, I tell you, when I went home, it was three weeks before I could recuperate. And that means I was in, still not recuperating. I still had to go back. I don't care how good you were. I know that Frank, uh, he, he would get hurt, too. You know, I know he would get hurt, too. We, as a champion, you keep it to yourself, but you will not talk about it, you know? Yeah, hey, I'm sorry. Did I ask you a question? I don't know, uh, Justin. I really don't know if that will ever take place, but I can assure you that committees at one time or another, when I fought him and Frank fought him, or, and anybody else that are not here today to talk about it, that I know I have people that feel it, uh, they don't care to talk about it because it doesn't make a difference to them. They moved on with their lives, just like I have. I think, I think fighting the Kumite when you can become a world champion as many times as uh, Professor Soto has, to me that determines the real uh, champion and, you know, your skills are are really there, they work. If you go to a regular tournament, a game of tag, uh, you can't tell anything that way. You know, Kumite, I think, in my opinion, is the real deal. I agree. I, I totally agree. Because I've, I've been doing, um, I've been doing research on Kumite and um, Brent Dukes and Urban Soto for, um, for a lot of years. And, um, you know, I wanted to actually compete, but because of my disability, I was unable to, you know, to compete. But um, uh, my um, my instructor, Master Dukes, uh, you know, he helped me to understand the way I live my life. I live a kumite that never stops. So. Yeah, yeah, it never stops. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they do have them as we speak. Now, whether they were two American, three Americans fighting this. It was just us, you know, and uh, in time became members. I mean, when, when Frank put the, the you know, one of the I believe his production took on place, um, like I said, they left me out. I was very bitter because I remember seeing my, my sister that's no longer around. She, when she left in peace, she went to, to, she invited me, hey, they're talking about your guys. They're talking about your fights. And I went, what do you mean? There's a new movie called Bloodsport. And I was, you've got to be kidding me. But 
then when she went, she was very angry because they left my name out. However, uh, it was a story about Frank Dukes, you know, and I understand Hollywood should have put... I told that, like I said, Frank, we should bring a movie again, some type of movie out, explaining those other guys that were never mentioned, that were part of that fight, and stuff like that. So, of course, I get a lot of people critique, a lot of people, oh, you know, this and that, this and that. So, it doesn't matter, just their opinion. My opinion is this. I always tell my students, yeah. uh, like, like, like Dr. Smith just said, uh, and I'm grateful to that, Doc, and I'm grateful to you, uh, Justin, for having me in the show and having Dr. Smith in the show. Uh, in fact, I'm a... Uh, Professor, you've been my uh, mentor. I'm sorry, but Professor, you've been my uh, mentor, and you really brought the life back out in me. I appreciate that. And I honor it, and I I love you for it. I thank you. Same here, my friend. He's one of the the best uh, breakers around in the country with Iron Palm. I mean, I do Iron Palm. You know, at one time, Frank did. We all had to do Iron Palm just to even get inside the tournaments. We we were supposed to break. We, We break. And, and to represent the masters or whoever you was representing for your organization to fight. Uh, and Dr. Smith is a fantastic martial artist, and that's why I invite him uh, to come and uh, Justin, because, hey, you know, there's good people out there. There's, there's still people uh, that's fantastic. He also is one of the lead in his organization that governs grandmasters around the country, you know, and he's really big. Hey, tell, tell us a little about your, 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 your stuff, uh, Doc, while you're here, and so Justin can understand. Yeah, we, ha- we have uh, two organizations, and it's a very elite uh, group of people because now today you got everybody out there saying they 10th degree and ain't, ain't been training even 20 years. So that's why we decided to come up uh, with these organizations like U.S. International Grandmaster Associate Union, they do a full background investigating check on you and to see if you're legitimate. And plus, you, you may have to come and test in front of the, uh, the board. And uh, everybody that's in there has been checked out. Uh, Professor Soto is my uh, world advisor of that organization, and he's also the uh, vice president of World International Supreme Red Belt Council. That organization, mm-hmm. you have to have 45 years of martial art experience to start with. 50 years of age of older for that organization, wow. and we're trying to bring back in the, the legitimacy in martial arts, trying to bring everything back to the way it used to be because now you're getting people out there that uh ordering and buying belts and stuff like that and claiming 10th degree. And uh, to get into our organization, you have to be uh, very elite, you have to be very legitimate to uh, be able to even qualify to get into them. So that, wow. that's what we about. So you see, Justin, we you know, as a grandmasters, we have a lot of tasks on we on to the install up uh, install upon us because we have to represent uh all the all those guys that are training martial arts today that one day they might make this their career. Me and Doc made his career, Frank Dukes made his career. All these other individuals that are training today that are really believing martial arts made his career. Martial arts has not gotten the popularity the true popularity because, like he said, Doc just summed it up in his, um, what he was just uh, explaining that there's people out there running around and this and that. So it makes it the authenticity of individuals kind of hard. In time, masters die. Your master will die or stuff like that, and that makes it hard to have paperwork. When I was training, 
my grandmaster didn't care to get paperwork. He cared to give me a lesson, and that's what I was looking for. Like I tell you, I grew up in a bad neighborhood, uh, and I have paperwork. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying that um, he, he gave me the lessons, and I and I was grateful for him to even teach me anything. Those those the, the group of African Americans that I trained with, the, the uh, and I mentioned their names earlier in the show, uh, and my grandmaster from Japan, and a whole bunch of other people that trained me throughout the years. And like I said, I'm very grateful. I fought the committee, but like I said, I was in, the only reason why I brought it out. Like I said, because of my sister, and my sister, she's no longer around. So you know, I wanted to make her proud again and understand. I had some belts that I won in those years. I have records that I won. I keep them in in, in storage and and in things for life. That's the things, and I always welcome anybody that wants to see it. Uh, the fights were not allowed to be videotaped like today in the 70s. A lot of they don't have the technology. You guys that probably wonder why perhaps there's no uh, footage of stuff because they had no actual. They didn't allow a lot of that stuff coming, and, and the cameras are not like today. You got cell phones, you got iPods, you got a whole bunch of materials that you can use to shoot a video. Of course, we're in a video technology today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in the old days, you didn't have none of that stuff to be able to document. In fact, I felt so so sad because the you know, only thing I had was ribbons or 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 three katanas that I get the ones that I want. I gave to my brother; he still has them. Uh, and 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 maybe my mother. I gave my mother some pictures she had. Though she she may she rest in peace. She's gone. And that's basically it. You went out there and fought, and you came back. You were beat up. You stay in bed for three weeks, or if you could move around because you fought 20, 20 guys. You know, like a tournament. You you fight for the champions or the grand champions. They didn't have grand champions. You just had the katanas. And when you won, you were going to move on to the next division. You know, I would have fought wow. some dudes, like I said. And I wanted to fight him, and I told him that many times. Uh, but, again, let's not make this a, a judgment call. On, on I'm not trying to make this a judgment call against uh, Frank or anyone. Uh, I'm, what I'm trying to simply say that for those skeptics, uh, well, you're, it's your world. And I'm just, like they say in the, in the streets, it's your world. And you're trying to get the mm-hmm. information. What you should do is maybe sit down with us someday and, Hey, I'm willing to explain anything to you guys, but I don't really have to explain anything to anybody because it's my life. But I do it because I got kids that look and up to me. You know. I was gonna say, yeah, Master Soto, we have uh, we have six minutes left of the show. Um, do you want to give out how people can uh, uh, contact you on take classes and all that? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Let me give them. A, you know, a yes, please. I kindly appreciate that. Thank you for having the show. Let me say that, and thanks to public for listening to me. Uh. It's an honor to even sit here with you guys today, and I know having my friend Dr. Smith uh, with me here today, too. You know, uh, uh, my dojo is located in California and in New York City in Columbus Circle. One of, uh, it's, uh, you can contact me at 619-961-8350. You can look up the videos on YouTube, myself, Dr. Smith, if you want to learn some more about me. Again, my number is 619-961-8350. My uh, web page is http colon backslash backslash grandmastersoto dot min dot com or http uh, grandmasterurbansoto dot web dot com. Uh, it, and it's located in ninety eight oh five Prospect Street, Santee, California. Uh, the number is four four eight twenty one eighteen. 
And I just wanted to say to both of you, thank you for being on my show. It's uh, been a lot to me, and thank this you. will be my on. My pleasure. So. My pleasure. Thank you. It's a great and, honor. Uh, but both of y'all can keep in contact with me if you would like, because I would like to keep in contact with you both, of course, and and that way we can correspond and everything. So, and if y'all okay, got things coming, Soto, so what Professor was that? Soto, he can give you my number and everything. Yes, I will. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, what I'll do, Mr. Soto, when I go off air, I'll call you back and um, okay. get. Uh, get his number because I don't want the public to have it. So that would be fantastic. Thank you, and and like I said, thank you, Justin, for having me here tonight. Uh, I like to say there's uh, a couple of people I respect before I leave the air, and and I respect the public because the public opinion is a very important thing to all of us. I know Doc feels the same way. When we put out videos, we're not trying to show off. We're trying to teach what beautiful the beauty of martial arts is. And the years you spend to do it, it takes a lot of years to cultivate martial arts. That's why me and Doc get out there, Frank Dukes get out there. Uh, we're not trying to show off. We're trying to do the real martial arts. So that you guys can see the beauty like we did when we were kids. And this, to me, is a tip of my head. And, see, I tried to spread the word about you guys and yes. and let the truth be known, you know, because... Um, the truth is there, just people just don't want to see it, you know? Well, I'd like to have a copy of this tape in uh, the radio, uh, if it's possible, so, you know, when, uh, whoever. You oh, yeah. I'd like to get a copy, and um, we still got to get you to record me an intro, too, um, which we'll do that off air as well. I'll have to Absolutely. teach you how to do that as well. Absolutely. So. But um, do you have any final thoughts? <clears throat> well, we got like two minutes left. Okay, I say this, and I know I let Doc sum it up after after me. I say this. Uh, there's a poem that I wrote, and I'd like to read it to you guys. You know, the key to happiness. To be honest. Okay. Be honest with yourself, and and foolish and and faithful and foolishness. Will not be stole upon you, but be possible and pre- and and be pleasant. That means to understand yourself is not to be selfish and not to think bad thoughts of anyone. Uh, it says, "Behold, beauty in yourself. Uh, think no less important than anyone else, but allow the others to privilege, so that you can obtain the self within the self. That means be yourself." Not try to be anybody you're not. Be happy. Stop being angry. And I wrote this as we were speaking. Exercise daily to maintain the body, mind, spirit, and soul, because those are the three basic principles that keep you alive. Think positive, never negative. Uh, direction of any, the direction of the energy that you give to others, they'll get back to you if you, if you understand when you're angry, when you're sad, when you don't understand yourself. This is martial arts. It's serious undertakings. And you understand them, then you understand yourself. Because guess what? The demons is you. It's nobody else's. You make them. Nobody puts them on you. Uh, have patience with everybody around you. Because guess what? In order to understand, in order to understand patience, 
You must have that patience. And then the last, the least, follow your own rules, but keep them. Try to achieve them, try to maintain them, and try to understand everything you do. That direction of energy. And I'll leave it like that. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me in your show. And I know, uh, Doc, you want to sum something up? Holy. Well, you know, I like to keep things simple as I can, but uh, I'm honored by this radio show, and I thank God each day I wake up and see each each day and have my health and everything. I really thank God for that, and I uh, thank God for giving me this gift to be the way I am in the martial arts and build a past positive uh, force to all our youngsters coming up and hope uh, I can lead them in the right direction. That's what I can do. I'm sure you can, sir. I'm sure you can. And, you know, Justin, I want to say this, you know, you're an amazing individual because you look at the obstacles you have overcome. Every kid in the, every kid that listens to the show or whoever listens to the show should take an example of a young man that, has, you know, not only, you know, has suffered from 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 visibilities and stuff like that, but he showed to overcome that obstacle. That's